Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, an online marketing educator, leader of an incredible global community of female entrepreneurs and a content creator based in Melbourne, Australia. This show is designed to bring you practical strategies and candid real stories of entrepreneurs to help you make marketing, mindset and money your superpowers. Let's get into the show. I'm so excited for you to listen to today's episode. I love it because it's different. It's not a conversation that is typically had in business circles and business platforms, but it is so important and just so powerful for us and so fun and playful while also being probably confronting and a little scary too. I've just finished reading the book called Wild Honey. It's the debut book by Tamika Wilder. And I recently met Tamika Wilder, which was just incredible. She's an amazing human. She's also known as the orgasmic mama and is a Melbourne-based somatic sex coach and multi-qualified therapist. She has a deep passion for teaching humans to reattune to the wisdom of our bodies while giving full permission to shamelessly prioritize pleasure and play. She brings more than 18 years of facilitation and group work experience and guides with compassion humor, gentleness, love, and curiosity. As a mother of two, she's also well attuned to the importance of creating sex positive families and helps parents build the confidence to have those chats with their kids and other family members. Her work will arm you with the tools you need to create lasting and meaningful change inside your intimate relationships, your somatic understanding, and remind you of all that's possible inside your full and authentic sexual expression. Without further ado, let's dive into this conversation with Tamika Wilder around how our erotic embodiment can help us lead a more fulfilling, creative, playful, flowy business. Tamika, thank you for making time to chat today. Of course, you're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Oh, I've just, I said, I've just finished. I got the final poem to read, but your newly published book published just in June. So recent. So Wild Honey, congratulations, first of all, Tamika, for the feat of actually publishing a book. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. It's it's a massive thing to do. Really the whole thing, even though I think you started with a poem and ended with a poem and there were a few throughout, it really did feel very poetic in the way that you wrote and there were so many stunning I think metaphors maybe is a good a good word I'm not really sure just throughout yeah so amazing it was incredible thanks so much yeah I'm glad that you loved it obviously and I also love you know hearing from people that don't necessarily love some of the content I haven't heard from many of them yet but Mm. (laughs) yeah and I do like writing quite poetically or with a certain pace and tone and I think that comes comes from my background in music probably yeah I was feeling that because obviously you shared in the book how you you used to write as a child whether it was poems music so I could see kind of how that came through it was really cool So Tamika, I want to start off with, I've got like highlighted pages and areas I just want to chat with you about, but I think it'd be cool to start with what does wild honey mean? And you describe this so 
beautifully in the book, but could you share what Wild Honey kind of means? It's the title of the book. What does that mean? Wild Honey's a title that came to me quite quickly and easily once I'd started really getting into the pace and tone of the book. It really just represents having full access to the spectrum of who we are as humans and being able to really run all parts of us instead of pull some back and allow people to see only little bits and all that that thing that we do. So the wild is really like, yeah, unleashing all that is untamed in us and all of the bold and fierce and unapologetic, full expression, full throttle stuff. Mm. And that includes things like anger and rage and all the dark and the shadowy stuff, all the parts of us that we repress. And for some people that is sex and pleasure. (laughs) And then the honey is is just that. It's the ooey, gooey, sweet, pleasure-filled, feminine, soft, creative Mm. core of our compassionate heart. So wild honey was just the representation of that full spectrum. We are both, like, we are all things. And the quicker we understand that and can live life from that place, I think the better life can feel because we're not repressing. In the book you shared, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, around the three different, like, elements, I think, of us as ourselves, how there's the physical, the mental and emotional, and then the third one being the sexual. Yeah. And I'm like where is the sexual? That is so true. It is something that we don't acknowledge. Well, I say we, as in kind of typical mainstream society, we focus on our our physical health. I think more so we now focus on our mental and emotional, but there's work to be done there. And then it's like, where the hell is this focus on our health as sexual beings? Yeah, that's it. I do. I call them the different bodies, actually. Mm. Mental, emotional body, physical body, and then our erotic body or our sexual body and how actually it gets left out of the list. People just are afraid to talk about it or afraid to feel what actually happens when we bring this part of us forward and bring it to life. We are really, really powerful beings with our sex intact. And there's something to be said about that. And it is a big part of our health to be holistically healthy. It cannot disclude our sexuality. I loved this bit, Tamika, where you said, um, some adjustments in your narrative will provide the keys you need to start turning the handles in the doors of the basement you never even knew your house had. Go down and have a look around. Your new story is the fire you need to light the dark rooms you've been too scared to look in. (laughs) It's like this part that's like totally untapped, totally not expressed or even explored, only to a very small degree. Totally. My podcast, my audience, we're, we're business owners. And so I'd love to look at... If we were to turn turn the key, go down in the basement to this area of ourselves, our, our erotic body, mm. why would we do that? And how does that come into play when it comes to our work and our business? And perhaps you could share like what that looks like for, for us, but then also what it has looked like for you too. Yeah, absolutely. So I really just feel like 
while we still don't have full access to our authenticity and our truth and our bodies and the range of emotion and sensation and aliveness that's available to us in these human bodies, while we don't access our full range, then we cannot access the full range in another person. And this is what we're doing in business. We're connecting with people because we want to be of service. So it's like decide whether you were to connect with somebody on a cognitive level only or only with language or only with the intellect or decide that you want to connect with somebody as a human and being able to access and have access and relationship with our sexuality means that we know ourselves while we don't know ourselves that comes through in our business while we are suppressing something that comes through in our words and our language the rigidity the lack the fear that comes through and a lot of it's about fear and you wrote about this in the book can you can you talk about like why we have this fear and what the fear often is so we get told lots of stories when we're growing up around how we should interact with our pleasure and with our sexuality we Mm -hmm. might have gotten told off for you know being caught masturbating or we might have been told fake words for our genitals Mm -hmm. we might have heard negative messages about sex and pleasure and our Mm -hmm. genitals and all of that stays with us and we learn shame through social conditioning through cultural conditioning and through our parents and so that shame and taboo and when we learnt to hide our sex that stays with us unless we do something specific Mm. to turn and face it it's literally just the way that we're brought up authentic sexuality and safe and free and consent driven sexuality in our culture is not fully grounded and landed yet Mm. so it's actually quite a rebellious act to start really reclaiming this part of us but I think it's important, like the second part of your question to me, like how, how it shows up for me and what I, yeah. what I was able to do around my sexuality and erotic nature in business is my eroticism and yours when you really start building a relationship with it gives the flow and the joy mm. and the softness and the presence and that sense of spark and heart open aliveness right? Mm -hmm. So I am like awake and awake in my day means sometimes I'm awake to the pain, but I'm also awake to the pleasure, right? So when I'm from that place of I'm fully turned on by life, switched on to life, Mm -hmm. that translates in my sales, in my service, in my being a beacon for others. So it doesn't matter that I'm a sexuality professional. When you turn on to life with any business that you're in, people see and feel that and they go, oh, what's over there? They've got something I want and you get sniffed out and it's very magnetic. Yeah. You know, when you see someone walking down the street, like it doesn't matter who it is, doesn't matter what gender, but it's usually a woman and they're like just walking down the, the sidewalk and like they're just, spl- it's like they're just splitting the crowd. Oh, yeah. They're just, the posture is up. There's a juju flowing off of them. That is the erotic body. And when that's intact, Mm -hmm. everybody knows it. And that does have an impact on the way you do everything from relationships in business to personal relationships Mm -hmm. with your family, with friends, with the barista at the cafe, like everyone feels it and everyone Mm -hmm. wants to be around it. So when you add that energy into your body, in your business, everyone wants to be around it. 
you said um, living a life you really love is a rebellious act. And I was just like, highlight, highlight. Do your best to remember that a lot of the ridicule comes from jealousy, comparison, or others perceived inability to do the things you're choosing. And also you said in here, let me just find it. It can feel uncomfortable and scary because it's almost like unlocking a part of ourselves that we haven't dared to explore before and we're like crap what if I no longer actually I realize that I don't actually like the things that I have or the relationships I have or the friendships I have or the work that I do what if can you speak to that totally that's scary and that's more of the fear as well which makes total sense because actually we get so locked into our identities we get Mm -hmm. so hung up on this is who I am this is the way I like things. This is how I walk, how I talk, how I dress. This is my favorite color. This is my preferences. And we run ourselves into the ground with our identity that Mm. as soon as ever we want to change or bring in a new piece, it's really hard because your identity says that it should be stagnant. And actually bringing in our sexuality, our eroticism or any change requires us to let go of the known self and create And you said of being in our body, in our psyche, in our relationships, our friendships, our work, et cetera. So, yeah, it's just like change is frightening, but it's also so necessary for evolution. Like if you're someone who considers themselves a somewhat conscious or evolving person, then we need to get comfy with change. It's not just like, oh, I need to, you know, move house. No, no, change happens in the fabric of our being, like in ourselves in our bodies, in our habits and patterns. And it's scary, but it's so worth it if you want to bring aliveness home to your body. Could you describe what, for instance, someone and a business owner looks like before they do this work and then what it can look like afterwards, just to really paint the picture? Yeah. I often avoid kind of talking about masculine and feminine energies and I avoid it a little bit because I've been educated by people who are re- really do hero a kind of non-binary teaching format. So I gathered a lot of that. Mm. But having said that, I also very much understand that those energies and a way of teaching that uses masculine and feminine is useful. So in this case, I'm going to use that. And also noting that we don't mean gender here. It's it's the energies and these are present in all genders, all people. Yeah. So what you might usually look like if you haven't landed and grounded your erotic body is it's very pushing, trying, lots of right and wrong mindset, lots of rational language. And it might feel really difficult to be like, okay, what's my content? I've got to plan this. Like there's lots of rigidity and probably some frustration and your shoulders are probably tense and tight and your jaws probably locked up and you're probably holding your belly in and you're probably only breathing up into your shoulders rather than down into your belly or your, your womb space or, you know, right down into your core. And it's hard and it's Mm. exhausting. One of my students, Tamika, mentioned the other day, she's like, I just need to be more disciplined. And I'm like, oh, no, we need to have a conversation because business isn't about feeling like you need to be more structured, more disciplined, more all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And on the other side of that, it's far more trust. It's far more trust Mm -hmm. because you know that you're magnetic because you feel magnetic because you're alive inside your body because you know what pleasure feels like and... It's like concrete versus caramel. What would you prefer to gobble down 
if someone's like coming into your space, you prefer to serve them caramel, right? Mm. You prefer to help soothe them. And they Mm. look at you and they go, wow, like they don't look very stressed. They look like they've got their nervous system intact. That's someone that could possibly teach me something Mm. rather than push, push, push. I'm super stressed here. Come and eat my concrete. (laughs) Chew on that. Chew on this. And yeah, lots of people become very successful with concrete, Mm. but there's always something missing. And it's Mm. usually in the moments in private when they are trying to rest or trying to do something nourishing for for themselves that you'll have that sense of like, oh, this is all great, but something a little bit missing and it's possibly your pleasure. That's what you see though, isn't it? Successful companies built and then the founder is unhappy, unfulfilled. Yeah, yeah. And that's this is so in line with like really the vision that I see and the work that I'm about is is a world where we do see more examples of this more embodiment of the feminine energy and leadership and the trust and the flow rather than the the opposite of that. Totally. And our obsession with needing to be right, be liked, mm. be understood, be celebrated and affirmed by other, that is the feminine but out of balance. Yeah. This actually leads to boundaries. And I, I just love the way that you wrote about boundaries. Can I read a little bit out? So you said in the book, because this is definitely an area that I know I struggle with, but I just loved how you wrote, if you hold the belief that someone else is more important than you and your needs, having boundaries will be hard. Mm. If you have the belief that you're going to be unloved or unlovable by holding a boundary, then you won't hold the boundary at all. Is this something that you've had to learn yourself, Tamika? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of the way that we grow up is we are told that being liked is the most important thing. And we are trying to Mm. impress our parents and we want to be lovable. Like that's natural. So holding a boundary to people super close to us can feel difficult because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings because then you're not a nice person, right? You've done a bad thing. If you hurt my feelings, you are bad. You see? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, actually, this way of being teaches us to live life for other people. And it teaches us that they and their feelings are more important than ours or our authentic need. And when we're trying to break habits and patterns and heal from different wounding and evolve, actually we need to be a version of selfish instead of selfless. We need to come home into the core of what we need and communicate it still lovingly and compassionately to other, but it's a practice to not feel responsible for other people's emotions. Could you do an example? Because I love you had some examples in the book, but for instance, perhaps it's a client that is overstepping some boundaries. Maybe they're not paying their invoices on time or maybe they are expecting responses outside of hours. Because I love you said um, plain, kind, unapologetic language will help. Clear is kind. Clear is kind. I would say something like, sweetheart, I love hearing from you. I'm loving hearing your reflections. I am not open for uh, this communication outside of whatever hours, Mm. you know, here is a link if you'd like to book a one-on-one to go deeper on this and you send them the link. 
And I love that it's not like, I'm really sorry, I can't do it because of this and given reasons and, and apologies. No apology, no reason. I mean, I even sometimes cringe if people might walk past you in the supermarket or something and be like, oh, sorry. I do this all the time. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why are you saying sorry? An apology is very important and powerful when placed in the right place. Yeah. Not I'm sorry for being alive. I'm sorry for standing too close to you. I'm sorry for walking, you know, into the yeah. elevator before you or whatever. Like you smile and you say, thank you. You smile yeah. and say, excuse me. Like there's no apologetic tone for being in our bodies and, and yeah. walking this earth is something I go after a lot. I wanted to keep on this subject and, and talking about as well gender. And I loved how you spoke about those who are assigned as female and I'm just reading this directly from your book, often bear the burden of the perpetuated expectation to be quieter, smaller, milder, meek, pretty, clean, and nice. And uh, like, I personally know that I've totally taken that on. And it's like what you say, oh, you bump into someone, oh, sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this has to stop. <laughs> And it also comes into play with those boundaries as well, because we think that it's most important for us to be kind and nice and think of other people's above ourselves. So it really is kind of this rebellious act to be more selfish. Yes. There's a few layers to this. Firstly, there's nothing wrong with being kind and nice and sweet and gentle and taking care of others. There's nothing wrong with it at all. If you can also access your rage and ugly and anger and let it go and fuck off and know yeah. and claim your own space and take up your own space and be in harmony with your body that is unapologetic in its aliveness. You know, mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with being nice if you can do all the other stuff too, but it's just running the nice that will get us into trouble because then, yeah, we're not living from that full spectrum. And yes, lots of, of women that I work with have said, my God, I got so used to just pleasing other people. I just really, really thought that I was here to make sure that I was nice enough and calm enough and gentle enough and pretty enough. And then I would be lovable. Mm -hmm. But what we find is the more that we actually can play in the darkness then we can be truly safe for other people because then that is real trust. This woman knows who mm. she is. This woman actually can hold the intensity in me. I know mm. that I can show up in front of this woman in my tears and my rage and my pain and my ugly and my disharmony mm. and my imbalance because she knows hers. If we don't know ours, then people can't bring theirs to us. So to be a safe place for other people and a genuine nice place for other people yeah. requires us to play in the dark. What would you say is a starting place to explore this? And basically it's in people just need to buy your book because it just lays, lays things out. But would you give kind of maybe one, one thing that we can look at to start exploring this side of ourselves? Mm. I think it'd be just interesting like if you're listening to this and it's moving you and you're like whoa this sounds like <laughs> a piece of work that's for me like you can do maybe a bit of an inventory like with some journaling around okay what beliefs do I hold about mm. my sex and pleasure and my power that's you know embedded in my erotic body mm. what did I learn what aspects of self am I suppressing 
can I get comfy in the dark? Is there some emotion that I don't usually express that I can practice expressing in some way? And that doesn't necessarily mm. mean to a person. That could mean like thrashing around your bedroom and punching and screaming and crying into a pillow and letting your makeup run all over your face and giving yourself, you know, ugly snot cry without wiping mm. away your tears. There are so many ways that, that that can be done. But yeah, that's what I would do firstly, just go get clear on what work is of interest to you inside and do some journaling. And, you know, we can even add some journaling prompts. Um, there are many in Wild Honey, but, yeah. you know, to the show notes of this, if you want, we can jot yeah. some out. Mm. Oh, thank you. That sounds amazing. You write in your book, your job is to remind humans how to listen, how to feel, how to let go, tune in and turn on. And it's, again, back to business, us as business owners, it's really how we live our life too. But operating with only understanding and tapping into part of ourselves without exploring and expressing this other part of ourselves, like, oh my gosh, how powerful and magnetic and fulfilled will we be as well where we can do this. So, oh, Tamika, thank you for the work that you do for this incredible book, Wild Honey. And tell us a little bit about what you're working on now with your business because you you show up to this interview as a business owner too and navigating. Yes, I'm going to deliver a wild honey immersion. So it's a, a series of coaching workshops, I suppose, but it's really going to be based in wild honey, in erotic embodiment. And I'm going to go deeper into some of those threads around what it looks like to walk unapologetically in your body and in mm. your eroticism, in your playfulness, in your imagination, in your curiosity, in your expanded, innocent, wild self. So I'm starting that on the 21st of August and that's going to be a four-week immersion that I'm, I'm mm. inviting honeys to come in and, and play in. And I do a, a limited number of one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions where people who are really ready to step into the tools to, to be in harmony with their body and come back to that, they can get in front of me and we can spend some time together. Then I have a bigger 12-month immersion where it's really like building community of other orgasmic souls that want to keep this part of their life intact and actually aren't willing to live in the flaccid kind of turned off numb deadened and closed reality yeah. that that we live in when we discount our sex so we're going to lift off into that by September as well oh. and, and go deep they sound incredible when you were speaking, I was wondering, do you have any role models or leaders that you look up to and love the way that they they lead? Oh, you know, this is a source point for me, Emily. Mm. It really is because I don't feel really enamoured by or led by many mm. educators in my industry in Australia. Mm. But even outside of your industry? Yeah, so someone like Esther Perel, I... Oh. I'm just reading her book at the minute. Yes, I appreciate her work and um, gosh. But it's a struggle, isn't it? Because this is how I feel. Someone asked me the other day, like, who who do you kind of look And obviously there's so many people I admire and look up to, but I feel like there's such a shortage as well of this type of leadership in this manner. Mm. I think as well, I, like as a woman of colour, I do feel like there are mentors for me that are missing. Yeah, it's a sore point. So not many, 
but yeah. I know that is an important thing. So I'm always on the lookout for people that I feel moved by. Like I'm reading some cool books. I'm reading a book called Untrue by Wednesday Martin, a book called Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. Just writing these down right now. The Erotic Mind by Jack Morin. Women Who Run With The Wolves by... Oh my gosh, I'm looking at buying that book. Okay, that looked amazing. That's actually, I recommend that to everyone. If yeah. any of what we've said today resonates and you're like, oh gosh, I need to get back to my my wild nature, lead myself from the feminine, like in a turned on capacity, you have to read Women Who Run With The Wolves. Okay. We'll add that in the show notes too. I will go ahead and purchase it. And look, it was a big book. I'm like, oh, this is going to be... But um, yeah, I'm like, wow, I haven't seen this type of book before. This looks really incredible. Yeah. But also like how it's so important that you're doing the work you're doing to be as you are as the leader. So other people can see part of themselves in you and what you're doing. So important. That's right. I do really like to be a safe place for all people to be like, okay, I can come over here and ask questions and just interact with someone who's not you know, I don't purport to be kind of miles and miles ahead. I'm just kind of mm. 10 or so steps ahead and I'm just living my life boldly enough to go, right, this is important to me and I'm, I'm a good teacher. I love teaching it. Yeah. I've always been like that. So I'm like, all right, this is it. This is me. This is it. And it's safe to come <laughs> and play. Yeah. Thank you, Tamika. Where can everyone find you, follow you? Where's the best places? Yeah, come visit me at Instagram. I hang out on Instagram a lot at the Orgasmic Mama. You can also go to theorgasmicmama.com. If you search the O Mama on Facebook, I'm there as well in a free Facebook group. Podcast? Coming soon. Okay, cool. I'll share it when it's out. <laughs> the Orgasmic Mama podcast. Love it. Well, Tamika, thanks for this chat, really. It's just, gosh, so many places we could keep talking about, but um, people will have to buy the book. <laughs> yes, please do buy Wild Honey. We'll put it in the notes. It's like 20,000 words and it packs a punch. And if you're ready for this work, it might just change your life. I'm excited. I'm like, oh, look out because, yeah, there's some stuff going to be happening around here. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Chat soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.